You are listening to the Quarter Transmissions. Shore Leave, episode 39, the 2018 Farpoint Convention. Just what the doctor ordered. Right, doctor? I couldn't have prescribed better. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shore Leave, your Star Trek convention community podcast. This is our 39th episode, and tonight we are going to be covering the Farpoint convention. I am Jeff Hewlett, and here along with me is my co-host, Heather Barker. How are you tonight, Heather? Are you sure it's not 3,900? Because that's what it feels like. It's only 39, and uh, it does feel like there's been more than that, but actually 39 is quite a good number. I think it's because we've done so many other shows together. <laughs> yeah, probably. A million disco tracks and all kinds of other stuff. But but yeah, so <laughs> uh, we're getting close to that big 4-0 number. And our next one will be 4-0. So uh, not sure what that one's going to be yet, but stay tuned and we'll get to it. But tonight we're going to be talking about the Far Point Convention. And we have two guests with us tonight. First up is Kelly Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. And second is a returning guest who's been on Disco Trek, I think, twice now? Mr. Thad Just Hayes. Once. once. Oh, man. Sorry, I flubbed that one. Well, no. I was on Shore Leave once before. Oh, right. That's why I got mixed were, up. Were you Were you on a Disco Trek that wasn't the Patreon supplemental? Nope. Just oh, really? I thought you were. What? No, because I work Monday nights, so I'm not oh, usually wow. available for your... Man. Well, I was right exactly because you'd been on a shore list. I just got confused by the two. But thanks for coming back on. Anyways, this is your third appearance, right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right, guys, before we jump into the episode, we want to throw a quick shout out to our Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for supporting us. And if anybody else out there is interested in becoming a patron of the show, you can find it at patreon.com slash the tricorder transmissions or by visiting our website, thetricordertransmissions.com, and clicking the big orange Patreon link on the right-hand side. So if you enjoy anything we do here on the network, on Shore Leave, or any of our other shows, please consider becoming a patron. Uh, no matter what level of uh, patron you join up with, uh, whether a dollar or anything else, you will get instant access to our unedited episodes right after recording them. So this episode we're recording now will be available immediately afterwards in an unedited form. And all of our other shows are slowly making their way onto our Patreon page. So we just added Reading Trek, an exclusive preview of our newest show that's coming out soon, Trek Profiles. And uh, Trek Ranks is also on there. So lots and lots of content uh, for anyone who is a patron of the show. So a quick shout out to our newest patron, Ann Munoz. Thank you so much for signing up to be a patron of the Tricorder Transmissions. Yeah. Just super excited to continue to add to our Patreon family and add to our Patreon content and add to our amazing network. Uh, I Every day I'm just blown away um, by how great we're doing and how blessed we are to have so many supporters. Yes, we, we truly are. And we reached the, the big number 3-0 on Patreon supporters. So thank you all out there or for being supporters of the Tricorder Transmission. So Heather, are you ready to jump into this episode about the Farpoint Convention? I am ready to talk about a convention that I know absolutely nothing about. Nor do I. And I am excited because we have two perspectives here. Thad went as a fan and Kelly went as a panelist. And so we're going to get to see both sides of the story here. Uh, but what I do know about Farpoint Con is that it is a, let's see, multi-genre convention. So it's not just Star Trek. It's all kinds of geek nerddom. And there were some celebrity guests. There were a lot of authors there, most notable being our good friend David Mack and Star Trek actress Nana Visitor was there, which is really cool. And then we had one more Star Trek guest appearance, Mr. Matt Frewer, who we'll talk about more a little bit. Um, but so this convention takes place annually in Baltimore, Maryland. This year it was February 9th through 11th, and next year it's going to be February 8th through 10th. So kind of the same time every year, which is really great. 
but again, I know next to nothing about this. So question for you guys that I'm going to ask Kelly, since you're kind of on the inside, is this a, a fan run convention? Yes, it is. Woohoo! That's pretty awesome. Yes, so this is my first time attending this convention, and I ended up as a guest because I uh, attended Shore Leave Convention last July as an author guest, and I met Stephen Lesnick there, and he is the manager of the author track for Farpoint, and he approached our signing table uh, where Derek Attico and I were uh, signing um some books and with John Coffrin and we he told us about this convention called Farpoint and he's like we would like to invite you to submit some writing samples we'd like to grow our author program and I was just really impressed with his professionalism and so we kind of we looked up the convention and we said you know what this is something that we're interested in doing and I'm just so glad I went. Did I lose you guys? I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> Is, yeah, I, I was on mute. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what professional podcasters do. They put themselves on mute and then they start talking. <laughs> okay. So I, I will three, two, one. Okay. I have a question. I don't know if you're going to know this answer, but... Do you have any idea where the name for this convention comes from? Because it makes me think about Encounter at Farpoint. That would be my guess, but I don't know how it started. Um, I'm, I have the uh, the guidebook in front of me here. So it was their 25th anniversary this year. <laughs> I have mine yeah. too. Do you really, Ben? Okay. So like between the two of us, I'm pretty sure we can figure this out. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's... I know that it's very there. There was quite an appreciation there for Star Trek, one way or another. So, uh, yeah. I really like the name. <laughs> I think it's got a Delta Shield, like in the the title, like the A is a Delta Shield, yeah. at least for what I'm so, looking at. So, on the back of the program, the guide for the convention, they because celebrating their 25th year, they have all they have every poster from each year. And the oh. poster for the first year is John Delancey in Q judges robes and George Decay in his uh, Captain Sulu outfit. So wow, yeah, nice. I'm gonna go with it was probably it was probably based on the name got the name from Encounter yeah. at Farpoint. Nice, nice, nice. All right, I have another crazy question that you may not know the answer to, but this seems like a pretty small convention compared to a lot of others that we cover. Do you have any idea what the attendance is annually? I don't have numbers. All um, right. Is there I one? Mean, is there like another convention you can think of that you could compare it to? I would say it was slightly smaller than Shore Leave, but I mean, it still had just so many authors and so many vendors. I mean, it. I felt like it. It filled the place easily. I would say it was bigger than. Um, the because the I don't have a lot of convention experience to go on, but I would say it was bigger than the creation uh, New Jersey continuing voyage convention last fall. That's but, what I was wondering. Yeah, but not like by a lot, but it definitely it had a larger space and it filled the space it was in. It never felt ridiculously crowded, but it also certainly was never empty. Well, that's nice. It sounds like a nice, cozy convention where people were fairly accessible um, so I'm curious, we know why Kelly attended that. What convinced you to go to this convention? Actually, um, I had gone to Baltimore Comic-Con last fall. Uh, for that, I was just, um, I had just gone in cosplay and was just walking around the vendor's room. I didn't really do any panels or anything at that convention. Uh, and I stopped at the booth for Farpoint and they were telling me about it and how it's this cool fan run sci-fi convention. And I thought, oh, well, that sounds fun. And I had just recently started going to conventions. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll go to this. Cool. Um, so... 
I don't see any information about tickets for next year since we're a year out, basically. Um, but did they have it's it's a three day convention. So is there a three day pass or were there individual day passes? Yes. Yes to both. <laughs> okay. And do you remember like how about how much they cost? I don't know the individual. I can look up how much I paid for the three day pass though. That would be good to know. Just curious. If I was, you know, a conscientious podcast guest, I would have had that information already <laughs> for you. But it's okay. I'm not. Google it real fast. I'm assuming that the illustrious Kelly had a had a a special pass to get in. So yeah, I, I they <laughs> they let me in <laughs> graciously, <right>. thankfully. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I paid $88.12 for the full weekend pass. I'm assuming the uh, the strange number is, has to do with sales tax. Uh, but uh, And then there was an additional, because um, for the opening party the first night, uh, if you wanted access to the food, which was a buffet and was surprisingly very nice for a just sort of, you know, convention, conven- the convention buffet and that was another 25 bucks this is another thing that a lot of the smaller fan run conventions seem to do it's it's different from something like pre-registration the night before star trek las vegas um they do a similar thing at Starfest here in denver where it's an additional ticket and or included in like a weekend pass and it's so for farpoint it's the friday cocktail party and it says it usually starts somewhere between seven or eight and goes until 10, which is kind of early. But they say that you can kind of wear whatever you want. You can be casual, you can be in costume, you can wear a cocktail dress um, and is part of your weekend or Friday only registration. But to eat from the food bar, you will need to purchase the food ticket add on. so that's interesting. Did they were the guests like walking around at this cocktail party, or was it more for fans? Uh, people weren't doing that much walking around at the party. It, there were tables, like people came in and, and sat down, and then there was actually like a program. Like they they gave awards to uh, members of the community and did a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, what well, I'm just curious, what kind of awards? And I'm going to be really bad. I don't remember exactly what they were. I, I was there, but I don't remember yeah. exactly what they were. Okay. Kelly, do you did you go to that? Do you have any idea? I was in a panel at that time, so <laughs> I was not okay. there. Well, that's interesting to know. Here here at, um, at Starfest, they'll have like their celebrity guests come and kind of go from table to table and talk to people. So I didn't know if it was something like that where any of the celebrities might be there. This sounds different. This sounds, maybe it's like people involved. It was more of like a launch ceremony sort of a thing, you know, like a kickoff to the event. Well, the awards are fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the the guests were there. Uh, I know Nana Visitor was just sitting at a table eating dinner with everybody else. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, if you couldn't talk to her, you could watch her eat, which is creepy. <laughs> so one thing I do want to mention about the ticket sales. Um, so everyone who had a ticket for Saturday or Sunday or who had a weekend pass um, got one free autograph from a celebrity guest on Saturday and one free autograph on Sunday. Wow. That's a pretty nice perk. Yeah. Pretty cool. So I'm assuming then, so it sounds like we had, as far as like television author type guests, there were four main people, um, only a few of which I actually knew. Um, Of course, the first one being Nana Visitor. And it looks like, oh, for her, like you could do her the table selfie for 20 bucks. Uh, autograph was 40 bucks and then you could do a combo for 50 which is kind of fun and then we mentioned Matt Frewer and Thad you seem to know the most about him he was in a Star Trek episode yes which episode Uh, I believe we we were talking about this earlier I believe it was a matter of time Uh, Mm -hmm. he plays uh, 
time-traveling con artist who pretends to be a historian traveling from the future, but really he had stolen the time machine from someone else and was trying to steal stuff from the Enterprise. Rasmussen. Interesting. But he is better known for another role, you said. Yeah. Uh, so in the 80s, there was this show called Max Headroom. And, oh, man. Well, he was Max Headroom. I remember that. Yeah. Was he the Max Headroom yeah. in the Coke commercials, too? Probably. Was Pepsi? I, that was the uh, Cola probably, Wars. I don't remember. <laughs> he probably was in the commercials, too, but I, I honestly don't know. I just know he was Max Headroom. Also, he had a regular cast role on the sci-fi show Eureka in the early 2000s. And he had a recurring role on Orphan Black as well. Yeah, it looks like he's been in all kinds of things since his one appearance in Star Trek. Oh, he's in Altered Carbon, which is a sci-fi show on Netflix I've... right now that a lot of people are talking about. Oh, I've heard lots of good things about that show. I mm-hmm. struggled with it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I had trouble following it. It's really beautiful. Um, and it's interesting. There's just a lot going on and I had trouble following it, but that could just be because my brain couldn't process everything. Um, okay. So he was there. And then Nora McClellan, did we know who she was? Kelly, yep. I think you might've known. Yep. She um, is, was also on Orphan Black and she was just delightful. She sat with us uh, at the bar one night and, and talked with our author circle. And she was just hilarious and, and wonderful. <laughs> so Aww. I really enjoyed getting to meet her. That's good to know. And then we had Timothy Zahn. And I don't know anything about Timothy Zahn. I think, Kelly, you also knew a little bit about him. Oh, he's kind of a legend in the Star Wars uh, writing community. He has, I think, 11 Star Wars novels published. And he is very riveting as a speaker to hear him talk about his process of storytelling and character creation and that sort of thing. So I went to uh, one of his panels where he was speaking and... I feel like I walked away with lots of knowledge oh, you know, that's really just cool. a, a, about his process. It was, it was very interesting. It's always cool when like you may not know who a guest is, but you sit down and just walk away like with your mind blown. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, so I, I took a look at the schedule being that this is kind of a multi-genre convention. There's all kinds of stuff on the schedule. Um, starting at two o'clock on Friday, they had an intersectionality on social media panel that I thought sounded really interesting. It um, was. Yeah, did you go to it? Oh, yeah, that was the first thing I went to when I got there because I, I thought that sounded cool, too. Oh, yeah, tell was us very about it because that sounds really awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was basically, uh, it was what it what it says. There were, um, the, the panelists were, you know, talking about how, you know, when different identities intersect and how you, how you don't necessarily want to be identified as just one thing and how perhaps those identities don't necessarily mean everything. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was really, I'm bad at trying to describe (laughs) it, unfortunately, but uh, (laughs) I thought it was really cool. I, uh, that was the first panel I sat on. And when I sat, when I sat in the audience for that one, that was what made me think, Oh man, I need to go to a lot of these panels because these are really cool. Yeah, it's nice to have a diversity in panels and with with a convention that's not just Star Trek. You see, you definitely get that. Um, and it looks like they were pretty heavy on having um, author reading sessions, which is really neat. Kelly, you might be able to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just kind of impressed with the number of authors that were that were here at the opportunities there were for us to interact with with uh convention attendees with each other uh oh my gosh like you said there were we could sign up for readings they had a a signing session in the in the main hall they had a book launch party which several people took advantage of that um david mack debuted his new novel the midnight front there and uh eric bakudis debuted a novel also as as did many other people and i know that was just a really cool, you know, opportunity to get to do that there. They ran a short story 
writing contest during oh. the convention. So we actually, no. yeah, Stephen sent us a photo that he had taken. Uh, I think it was around December. We got this photo and it was to be the prompt that we would write a short story of around 2,500 words or less based off from this photo. And then he collected them and he posted them online and convention attendees got to go read them and then they voted. And um, on, you know, which one was their favorite. And they actually did an award ceremony during, um, it was during the, the cosplay contest, I think, on Saturday night. And let me tell you, these trophies that they gave away look like Hugo's. Like, they are like, nice. you know, sculpted glass, gorgeous, like, awards. And um, the, you know, uh, it, it was just very cool to watch. And Eric Bakudis uh, took first, and I think Phil Junta was second, and Aaron Rosenberg was third. And I read all the stories, and they were just awesome. But what a cool opportunity. You know, I've never seen that before at a convention where they invited us to to submit some of our work to let the attendees read during the the event. I just thought that was really, really well done. I've never, ever heard of that. And that is super cool. Um, It looks like they had some science, some scientists there and some science panels. Um, Let's see, neutron stars, kilonovas and gravity waves. Um, Waves, not ways. Hopefully that (laughs) came out right. Uh, and then I'm super excited to see on here LGBT podcasting. Like, hello, um, I would have sat on that panel. And okay, interesting. The host of podcasts, the far away nearby, and the Smellcast team. <laughs> Smellcast team up to discuss podcasts which deal with LGBT smell issues. Cast. Yeah, the Smellcast. Well, we must have some new technology we're not aware of yet. <laughs> I guess so. I hope that we always smell wonderful. Um, but that's interesting. And then we had a DS nine at 25 podcast. So I panel panel. Yep. Yeah. Gosh, thank you. And you better believe I went to that one. Yeah. (laughs) And how was that one bad? I enjoyed it. Um, I had one minor complaint about, uh, there were two Star Trek specific panels. There was that one. And then there was one on Sunday about discovery and both of them, uh, one, there was one panelist that was on both of them that, uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, I didn't care for the way he handled the panel very well. He interrupted the other panelists a lot and he often, uh, said just completely wrong information. Oh, that's no good. Well, we won't call him out here. No, I, I don't plan don't, to. We don't like to do that, but hmm. I was. It was just. It just sort of rubbed me a little the wrong way on that one. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> though, I will say that there was very little of that. Uh, that I saw overall in the entire convention, which was very refreshing (laughs) because, you know, as, as that knows, and as anybody who frequents conventions knows, you know, sometimes um, panels don't always go smoothly, but all the ones that I was in, it was just sort of this harmony of perspectives and desire to really dig in and just learn from each other. It just really felt, it felt great. Were you there, Kelly, with Amy at the convention where, like, some guy put a hand over her mouth at the panel? No, but she okay. told me about that, and it's painful what? just to hear the story, yeah. uh, you know, that someone would dare do that. So those are the horror stories that you hope yeah. you never have to live through, and thankfully I, I didn't see anything like that at Farpoint. It was a very, very respectful uh, environment. And I, I, yeah, and I may have given a little bit of a wrong impression. Uh, overall, I enjoyed both of those Star Trek panels. Uh, I just felt that perhaps the panelists could have handled things a little better. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I would be upset with somebody. I would, I would like have my hand up, like, no, that's incorrect. Actually, <laughs> that's it's it's difficult even when I hear that kind of thing in podcasts. Um, but I think oh, yeah. I, I think that that means that next year you need to apply to be on that panel. <laughs> that, that's what I take. Um, so I'm I'm going to ask you guys just about the panels that you went to here in a minute. But I noticed going through all this stuff that they had children's programming as well. And 
I think that is so awesome. Uh, the cookie decorating with Princess Leia is the one that caught my eye. <laughs> what? Uh, yes, decorate Princess Leia and Chewbacca cookies. And uh, I saw on another page there was a, a movie, a nighttime movie, and it looked like that was also open to children. Uh, so it's really... There was Lego building too, I think. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and they had quite a few things with the Artway Alliance, where they—it's a nonprofit that works with uh, like area youth to encourage them to get involved in art. And they—I think they did some activities with uh, children there also, and they were great to talk to the, the whole weekend. That's super awesome. I guys, I'm just like everything on the schedule. There was a crossplay and gender bending panel. Like, mm -hmm. hello, that's amazing. There was LGBT and T, which was a meet and greet for the LGBT community. Like, hey, pretty awesome. I'm sorry, I'm picking out things that are, like, special to me. <laughs> uh, color theory and cosplay, which is really interesting. So lots of different cosplay panels as well. But anyway, so I'll stop picking out the ones that I think are really cool. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've they were all really cool, like really. I, it sounds it sounds like it. I mean, man, this well, and they dimension. They asked us for input on those, so you know, quite a ways before the convention, they sent out an email asking us to suggest panels, and quite a few of them that we suggested, you know, made it in or got combined into umbrella topics. So yeah. that was it's always nice to get to contribute some ideas. It, it really is, and there are a lot of panels geared towards writing, um, the plotting a trilogy versus one book, which is oh, that was that was a glorious, glorious panel. <laughs> super cool. I mean, and the fact that you know all ages go to this convention. I just think about what if there's you know some teenager that sits down for that panel and like I don't know that could change their life. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm a professional author, and I feel kind of like it changed my life. So, <laughs> you know, like these are these are people that know what they're talking about, know what they're doing, and and it's it's very inspiring to to go to these things, regardless of whatever level you know that you you feel like you're making art at. Yeah, I think that from what I can gather, it really looks like this convention excels with its programming. Like even though there were you know, for celebrity guests and then a ton of author guests, especially like we said with David Mack there and you, Kelly, um, that the man, I mean, this, the schedule is just amazing. And like, this is something that if I had the money, I would totally go to this convention just to sit down for some of this, these panels, Black Panther, Marvel's diversity done right. Yeah. To movies, what happened to the story? Like y'all that are listening, you need to go to the mm -hmm. Farpoint convention page, mm -hmm. just farpointcon.com. And right now the schedule's still up there. So go take a look at all the programming that was there. And I'm assuming hopefully you're gonna be as impressed as I am. Okay, so Thad, what were some of the the, the standouts that we haven't already mentioned? All right. Well, uh Unfortunately, there were a lot of really cool panels that I didn't get to go to because there were so many things that were scheduled at the same time that you really couldn't you couldn't do everything you might want to do. Uh, but uh, one panel that I actually really enjoyed and I wasn't sure I would. I was mostly I, I on Friday evening, I, I sat in the audience for a couple different author panels and I don't write. I'm. I like reading things, but I am not a writer at all. Uh, but I really enjoyed a lot of the stuff that they talked about getting into the nitty gritty stuff. Um, like there was one that was about world building that I thought was really cool. I enjoyed that. And then there was another one that I had mentioned uh, before we started recording. There was one about uh, making magic feel real in fiction that I also really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Those just sounds so cool. All right. So Kelly, why don't, you're going to have to talk a lot for a little bit uh, okay. because I want to know, first of all, um, the panels that you sat on and then what were the standout panels that you attended? Okay. So I got to hit the ground running Friday night and take part in a panel called Plotting Unconventionally. 
And this one was run by Alan Gibson, and the other panelists were um, Heather Hutzel and Russ Colcamiro and then myself. And so the whole point wow. of this panel was non-conventional ways to plot a story, whatever those might be. And ironically, almost all of us brought props to the panel. <laughs> so, like Alan and I brought our collection of Rory's story dice, which are like these little, uh, you know, six-sided dice that each have symbols or pictures on them. And the idea is you can grab a handful and roll them and get a, get a, an assortment of items or actions or whatever. And then you have to create a story out of that. And I do a lot of, online writing competitions that are timed you know that they're they have a very short deadline of 48 hours or whatever mm -hmm. and so I love stuff like that because it, it it forces me you know to to get my creativity moving right now and mm -hmm. so uh, Heather had like she had like little dolls and a little like lizard um, figurine and she was talking about how she incorporates uh, things around her house into her stories that are very whimsical and things like that. And, and Russ kind of gave us a demonstration of how he like walks around <laughs> while he's, <laughs> while he's plotting and how that's uh, the motion is part of his process. So it was a very fun, very just kind of, uh, you know, conversational panel about the process and that it isn't always just sit down at the computer and pound things out from start to finish. That's not always what it looks like. And, and, uh, sometimes it can just be a, a lot of fun to create these things. Uh, and then, um, on Saturday morning, I got to participate in a panel called writing from life. And this one was moderated by my good friend, Derek Attico and the other, uh, panelists were Phil Junta, I think I'm saying his name right, I really hope I'm saying his name right, and uh, Phil Margulies. And uh, I just met them at Farpoint, and they're both wonderful. And this one was more aimed at uh, putting our own experiences into our work and how we draw on those things, how we turn our, our life experiences into relatable stories. And Derek just did an amazing job of asking us questions about our process of drawing on those things. Um, and it was, it was serious at times, but it was just so reflective and it allowed us to, to kind of open up about, you know, each of us is a collection of memories and experiences that we've had in the world. And th that's a source of strength and a source of uniqueness and a source of authenticity for us as writers. So how do we crack that? How do we hack that, you know, and, and make it work for us uh, was, was the subject there. It was, it was very interesting to hear, to hear everybody's stories. And uh, I was, I felt very honored to get to participate in that. Uh, and then on Sunday, I had the honor of moderating the diverse voices panel. Ooh. And this was one that Derek and I uh, had both proposed, and I know several other people proposed this. I know Mary Fan um, proposed this idea, and I'm sure several other people sent in the idea. We need a panel on diverse voices. And so uh, I loved that the Farpoint convention populated the panel with diverse voices. We had, we had a great group of people. We had um, Jennifer Povey. We had um, Derek Attico, we had Don Sakers, and then Mary Fan was there. And this one was the one that I felt was the most necessary conversation to have. And uh, we, Derek helped me write the, the questions for this one. And we really just kind of drilled into the importance of seeing yourself in fiction in being represented in the works and the stories that you encounter in the world as a reader and then also the community that we uh, create as writers and as as uh, people who are working to you know fill the world with with stories that are that are for everyone and so I was I was humbled to uh, be in a position to to ask these people questions and allow them to to just share their experiences, and it was it was an amazing experience. Um, so that those were the panels that. Uh, oh, and then I was invited um, 
to participate in the Blade Runner panel, which I wasn't originally scheduled for, but um, I I just finished a critical essay on Blade Runner 2049 for Sequart Publishing. And so Eric Bakudis was like, you need to just come <laughs> join this panel. <laughs> and Alan Gibson was totally down for it. And so I got to join their panel on Blade Runner 2049. And that was just an hour of nonstop fun of talking about, uh, you know, replicants and the meaning of life and humanity and, and such. So those all I'm like upset wow. that I didn't get to go to this convention. <laughs> sounds pretty um, cool. Yeah, just all of this programming is just like, hello, every other convention that isn't doing this kind of programming needs to uh, take a look at the schedule and get with it, um, especially STLV. Yeah, because really. These are all like I, I'm guessing that these weren't recorded. Do you know? No, they were not. Okay. Mm. Because I would have loved to have listened. That's my recommendation for next year. Yeah. All these amazing panels need to be recorded and launched as podcasts somewhere. Yeah, they would be great um, promotional materials for getting more people to come to Farpoint Con, that's for sure. Well, yeah. and I honestly think you could – some of them I felt like were little mini masterclasses on the art of writing. Don't you think, Thad? I mean, some of those were like – you know, okay, oh, I walked yeah. away from this as now having a much better understanding of. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. The couple writing ones that I went to, like, I'm still not going to write anything, but I definitely <laughs> got a better idea of how writers do what they do. Like I so personal side note here, but I have had pretty major writer's block for something like 10 years. and. I don't know really what caused it aside from a divorce and I just kind of shut down and I'm trying to get back into writing and like I'm writing some epi episodes, I'm writing articles for techcore.com. Uh, yeah, just trying to like Jeff and I have talked about a, a tricorder blog, but I I'm struggling just writing good articles for TrekCore. But I feel like those those panels would have been so inspiring, especially talking about personal stories and, and stuff like that. Um, man, man. Yeah. So somehow maybe I'll send them an email and say, hey, we just did a podcast about your convention. And here's my recommendation. You should record all of these panels uh, and, and release them. And I know if. <laughs> They would say, why don't you come record them? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, if they I get a, would, free, yeah. a free ticket and a, I'll have to find a place to stay. Uh, and, well, I, don't, I don't know, honestly, what they would say. But, I mean, the, there was so much good commentary going on in, in that building. And like Thad says, a lot of it was at the same time. I mean, I needed like three of me just so that I could, you know, participate in the things that I was scheduled for and then also go to everything else. Yeah. Well, I see that, and I'm not sure, oh, Saturday, it looks like that book launch party you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, was the same, to same time or overlapped with the Star Trek Discovery panel. Yep. Uh, and so that was kind of, was it worth it? <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, worth the wait. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in my opinion, yes. But... Uh, yeah. That seemed to be the general uh, majority opinion in, in the room for that, although there definitely were some people who disagreed. Well, there always will be. Here on the Tricorder Transmissions, we have a whole show dedicated to Discovery, and the general consensus from people who have watched is yes. Yes. <laughs> we all have our criticisms, but it was worth the wait, and everyone was happy with it. Um, so, Jeff, did you have a question for Thad? Well, I, Thad mentioned his cosplay earlier, and I was curious about uh, some of the details about his cosplay. And for both Kelly and Thad, did you guys see any memorable Star Trek cosplay at the convention? Um, I mean, there was quite a bit of Star Trek cosplay. Uh, not, I don't recall seeing anything, like, specifically, like... There wasn't a lot of the there were some interesting cosplay, but there wasn't anything like you would see at STOV where you have like mm. the really deep Star Trek cuts and stuff like that. Gotcha. It, 
there were there were a lot of people in uniforms. There were there was a group of red shirts that would all collapse on the floor for photo for photos, <laughs> and they did it multiple nice. times, and that was great. Uh, as for cosplay, there were I saw a couple really cool Doctor Who cosplays of various doctors. Uh, there were two uh, people uh, who did uh, Star Wars cosplay. They they, they had worn makeup and everything for uh, Admiral Thrawn from Star Wars which looked really cool. Uh, there's, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, for me personally, uh, I did I did do a Star Trek cosplay every day. On Friday, I was uh, Stamets from Discovery. I was wearing a really cheap blonde wig and had a nice. Discovery science uniform. On Saturday, I was Miles O'Brien. And on Sunday, I was Riker from Insurrection. Nice. Nice. Well, Kelly, any memories of uh, Star Trek cosplay from your time there? I remember sitting outside the bar. I think it was maybe Saturday night, and I saw a Q cosplay that was on point. Like, he looked like John Delancey, and I was like, that is legit. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there was quite a few uh, impressive uh, impressive get-ups, but that's the one that stands out in my mind. Nice. That sounds like an STLV quality cosplay. Yeah. Yes. I will say if you go to the Farpoint Cons Facebook page, they have a bunch of photos from it looks like their costume contest or parade. Yes. I'm gonna assume it's a contest. Oh, oh sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. um there was a there was a original series group cosplay of of uh Amok Time that mm-hmm. was like seriously just exactly on point wow. they oh, won so that. many awards it i only saw them at the uh awards ceremony during the cosplay contest but i think they went on stage like almost 10 times they won thing after thing because they were just so amazing yeah. <laughs> but it was like a group of people that all were dressed up you know that matched the episode so uh, that that was very impressive sweet yeah i missed the cosplay contest because i made the questionable decision to commute every day from Harrisburg. Oh. Next year, you're going to stay there. Yeah, how, yes, how, yes. how long was that drive? It was about an hour. Oh, well, that's not terrible. Not horrible, but still. I thought it was going to be like five hours. No, I would not have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through the photo album, and there's like a dad with his little boy... Oh, and he has an award of some kind. What did this little guy win? He's got on a blue science outfit. Looks like a 2009 costume. He's adorable. There is a picture of, of that in, that entire Muck Time cosplay. There's a questionable pregnant dude and a, <laughs> like a TNG Ruby's costume. And it looks like he's knitting some baby socks. I don't know about this one. I don't know what the story hmm. is, so we'll leave I it at don't that. Call that. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like a dude in drag or a dude. In, okay, we'll leave that one there because I don't know the story. I don't know the context, so I'm not gonna not gonna say anything more about that. Um, but yeah, there's a Willy Wonka. There's all kinds of stuff. There is a Wonder Woman bunny Easter bunny. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a that was hilarious. That they the bunny didn't talk, but but they were just hilarious in their routine. There there was a lot of very talented performers there. We had a an Easter bunny pop up at STLV last year, so I don't know if this is the new thing to be Easter bunnies in costume. But hey, I'm into it if that's <laughs> what it is. Um, Sadly, I did not see any Gorn. No Gorn. Oh. Okay. Can I mention the um, Thad? Did you hear the chromatics sing on on Saturday night? No. Okay, so they had the chromatics there, and they are science acapella, and they were awesome. Like this group, I their songs are like there's they have one about the sun that's on NASA's website. Um, because one of their one of their members is Alan Smale, and he's an he's an author, but he he's also a scientist at the Goddard Center, and he sings in this group, and they were just hilarious. They did, uh, they did one about uh, Han and Leia, 
and it was it was fantastic. So I mean, the, the entertainment at this convention was was off the charts. That sounds like a lot of fun. Were there was there other entertainment besides them or? Um, you know, they did a they did a what do you call it? A karaoke Ooh. Um, night. And I don't know who was in charge of that, but um, I know a lot of people had fun with that. Um, it was a dance party, too, I think. Yeah. Well, that's fun. That sounds, again, a lot like, I hate to just mention Starfest all the time, but given that I haven't been to many conventions outside of Colorado in the last 10 years, um, I don't have a lot to compare to. But, yeah, it's, again, it's these these fan-run conventions. There are a lot of similarities, and the similarities, is they sound really ridiculously fun. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, well, is there anything else about this convention that stood out to you guys that we want to talk about? I mean, from a from a guest perspective, this was this was beautifully organized. I mean, yes. it was everything was easy to find. There were always people uh, usually anticipating my needs. Like I didn't even have to go find somebody. Somebody was stopping to ask whether it was Steven or, or someone who was um, who he had, you know, delegated to, to handle things. They just checked in with us constantly. They had everything labeled. Our name was on tables where we needed to be. They had, okay, this is huge. They had our author schedule printed on our name badges. Like it was on the back of our badge. So wow. <laughs> we could just flip it over and be like, oh, I have to be in salon A at 1030 <laughs> tomorrow, you know? So as That's we awesome. were all making plans together, you know, cause we, we want to do things socially, we could just, you know, plan together right then. So it, it, it was genius. I don't know why every con doesn't do that. <laughs> like, so it was little things like that, that just kind of made the organization and the flow just really stand out in a positive way. Yeah. I've never heard of that anywhere. So that's super smart and super awesome because I would be like a kid on the first day of school, like, Oh my God, where do I go? I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Um, and when you don't have a handler there to help you out, you're kind of like, ah, what? So <laughs> yeah, that's super awesome. Um, I, I hopped onto their rules and policies page really quickly um, just to look over that. And I do want to specify one thing, much like Dragon Con, uh, they, they, their tickets are essentially convention memberships. Mm-hmm. So we are learning this is something that a lot of these fan-run conventions do, is it's not necessarily a ticket, but it's a membership. Um, and though they are non-refundable, you can resell them privately and let the convention know that the registration name has changed. Um, seating is first come, first served, so that's nice. Uh, it sounds like from you guys, the, it was pretty easy to, to have to find a seat in these, in these panels. Yeah. Yeah. I never, uh, had to, was turned away or anything. Uh, there were all, there were a couple of the panels were pretty packed. Um, the specifically that DS nine twenty five one and the discovery panel were, pre- were pretty packed, but, uh, I don't think anyone was turned away. I think for the discovery one, there were a couple of people standing in the back, though. I like to hear that that the Star Trek <laughs> panels were full. All right, and I just have to give Farpoint Con a giant shout out. I am totally going to read this off of their website, and you will understand why when I do. It is their first rule of conduct. Farpoint is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for all, regardless of gender, gender identity and expression, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, race, age, or religion. We do not tolerate harassment of members in any form. Overtly sexual imagery and language is not appropriate except during events or panels specified as covering adult topics that are open only to members over 18 years of age. Members violating these rules may be expelled from Farpoint without a refund at the discretion of the co-chairs and or committee. Um, So just imagine me standing up and giving them an ovation, a standing ovation, because having a clear policy like that is so, so, so important. We talk about this on shore leave all of the time. It's something that STOV is lacking and it like 
I'm just blown away that they have that and they have it in a place that's easy to find. And so, yay, three cheers for Farpoint Con for having that up there. Uh, they do have more rules on here, but that one is uh, extremely notable to me. So sorry well, to interrupt that. Oh, I, go ahead. I do appreciate that they have that. There was one pretty creepy moment that I witnessed while I was there, though. Uh, During uh, Nana Visitor's Q&A on Saturday, one of the people that came up to the microphone during the course of asking her a question uh, very heavily implied that uh, he thinks about her in his alone time. Oh, well, that's no good. And I mean, she laughed it off because what else was she going to do? Uh, but what Bob, what really kind of creeped me out, in addition to the fact that he would that someone would actually do that, was that basically the entire room started laughing. Ah, uh, yeah, that and that. I mean, that's difficult, I guess, because when something like that, I'm trying to think like when something like that happens, what is the appropriate response from the convention committee? Like, I don't know how they would handle that. And for all I know, someone did go up and talk to him later. I I honestly don't, but it just, that was just a really creepy thing to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, mean, you can have that's harassment. There's, no ifs, ands, or buts on that. That is harassment. I'm I'm very glad that the that the convention runners have such a firm, specific policy because then at least it's clear what the expectation is. I wish everyone followed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, but it's it's very important that the expectation is laid down, and that's huge that they that they decided to do that yeah and i'm assuming it's probably in their program or somewhere else yeah i think it is it's you know i don't that had to be a really awkward moment we get a lot of those at stlv and other conventions i've been to and you know i don't know how they handled it afterwards it's it's a difficult thing to prevent when you don't screen questions and it seems like a lot of conventions still haven't figured out the right way to screen people's questions. Um, but poor Dana, we're sorry. Yeah. I feel bad for her because I would not want to have a comment like that made when I'm on stage. Yeah, exactly. I felt really bad for her. Now, she uh, I mean, she took it in stride. She laughed it off and went on with the thing because obviously that was really the only response she could make. Yeah, but- yeah. Yeah, I I know that she had to have been really uncomfortable by that. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Okay, well, I'm trying to think of something happy to talk about. Um, (laughs) Thad, did you have any any other comments as a guest uh, that made this convention stand out for you? Uh, I had a lot of fun just talking to people. Uh, I liked that at the panels, because the panels were so small in general, that as an audience member, if you had a question, you could raise your hand. They would call on you. It wasn't uh, like, like the Q&As, obviously, you had to get uh, with, for the big stars. You had to get into a line. But for the little panels, you just raise your hand and within a few minutes, someone would call on you and you would get to say what you wanted to say. That's nice. Super intimate. That's, we say that all the time. It's like these smaller conventions are so special because of that intimacy it really, it really sets them apart. And so we always like to suggest that if STLV or Dragon Con or one of the larger conventions just seems too intimidating uh, to try one of the smaller conventions first because they're just they're a little easier. And this one sounds like a pretty positive and wonderful place. Absolutely. I, d- I did learn pretty quickly not to talk about STLV, though. Oh, yeah, because a lot of the people involved uh, at uh, Farpoint have not very positive views of any uh, commercial conventions. Wow. Right. Well, I understand mm, that. I think that's a large, large part of why these fan-run conventions are born. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different a... dynamic and a different feel and different environment, you know. So yeah, there's. 
there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that there are benefits to, and there are positives and negatives to both kinds of conventions. Yeah, there, there, there really are. And I, I like parts, you know, I don't know. I like going to both. I think both are great. Um, So I had one last question since you mentioned it earlier, Kelly, about the vendors room Mm -hmm. Um, and that there were a lot of vendors there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the vendors room? Kelly, you start Kelly first and then Tad can, or Thad can follow up. Sorry. Um, well, there's, I mean, it was, it was more like an entire section of the building that kind of spilled over into all the hallways, which is how, uh, the, that convention center usually does set it up, but it was really cool because they just, they had a variety of, um, there was art, there was jewelry, there was, uh, you know, just figurines. There was obviously all kinds of written material and, it was so neat. And then they also had a charity auction set up inside uh, one of the larger rooms. So a lot of the uh, vendors and authors and people donated items that they then did a silent auction on. And uh, I can say that I came home with more things than I planned on <laughs> coming home with. I mean, that I found some amazing posters and some cool magnets and some cool jewelry and, you know, just things when you're, when you're a geek, like how can you not want, you know, a, a princess Leia magnet that says we are the resistance. Like how how could you not want that? So, you know, it was fun to walk through on, on our few hours of quote unquote off time when we weren't, you know, booked for something, uh, we, we could stroll through the, the vendor and the vendors area and just kind of pick up some, some neat things. So it was, it was bustling the whole time, uh, that I was there. Yeah, that's awesome. Thad, what about you? Did you come home with anything? Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, yeah, yes, I did. I, I enjoyed the vendor's room as well. There were so many cool things. Um, uh, what I did end up buying, uh, I had gotten, uh, there was one vendor that had a bunch of just uh, used stuff, and I got for really cheap the uh, the transporter room for the Star Trek action figures from the 90s. That, uh-huh. uh, that when you... Uh, that like you put them behind a mirror when you turn it on there's lights and like you can press a button and it actually looks like they're being beamed out oh i remember those <laughs> yeah and i found it there was a vendor there that was selling it for 10 bucks and that oh was amazing gosh. yeah it'd be like triple so, the price or more at stlv <laughs> right and i mean it wasn't mint it had been opened and that's whatever okay. but that's fine with me because i don't keep i don't keep these things in the box anyway me neither because <laughs> What's the point of a toy if you're not going to play with it? <laughs> I take so much flack for opening up all of my Trek action figures. Um, so nice oh, to know someone else out there does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I also bought a 3D printed Discovery phaser because it looked Ooh. really cool. And was um, a fraction of the price of the Anovus one. Yeah. So I was like super geeked to pick up some posters from Angela McKendrick, who is an awesome artist. And I mean, she had Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly, you know, anything and everything. She had Black Panther and uh, she's done some some artwork for uh, author Keith DeCandido. And I'm just a huge fan of her work. And so I got to meet her. She signed my stuff. It was like <laughs> it, was, it was a cool moment for sure. Oh, I love it. It's it's kind of a crapshoot I found with smaller conventions and their vendors rooms sometimes. Um, I have been to some small conventions and disappointed with what's there. Uh, so finding out this one had a lot of really cool stuff is just another reason for me to go. <laughs> yeah, I was not disappointed at all. <laughs> Yeah, and you mentioned Keith DeCandido. That we should mention Keith DeCandido because he has also written quite a few Star Trek novels, and he was um, there as well. he has written like I think more media tie-in novels than anybody, <laughs> uh, <laughs> almost under the sun. And plus, he's just a blast. Period. So, yeah, anytime he's at a convention, you want to be there because he'll be he'll be fun to to see. Sounds like he should have been listed as a main guest. <laughs> He's, oh my gosh, I love Keith. He's so much fun. 
I will say that when you go to the website and if you go under departments instead of guests and you go down um, and then programming, I think is where I found some of the, some of the more information like author programming and guests, children, youth programming and guests, live performances, uh, movie TVs, movies, TV programming, stuff like that. And they had more people. There's a panels and participants list. So that's a good place. Of course, right now there's nothing on there since they're developing the new schedule. Um, but I assume before the convention, they had a lot more of that to find. Um, yes. All right. For me, so, the, oh, I'm yes. sorry. No, go ahead. For me, the author that I was most excited to meet was uh, actually David Mack, because I'm a huge fan of his, uh, especially his Star Trek novels. But uh, and I actually got him to sign. Um, I had a VHS copy of the DS9 episode Starship Down, which is one of the ones that he wrote. And that was really cool that he signed that for me. We need to get David Mack on to reading Trek sometime, I think. He is an excellent speaker. I mean, he's just, he's fantastic. He's in high demand. Busy, busy, busy man. Yes. Yes. He's working, he's finishing up his, uh, his original trilogy right now. Yeah, I have the first book, but I have not read it yet. I really need to, though. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we've we've said all we can say, unless there's anything else out there <laughs> that you guys can think of or any questions from Jeff. No, I think you covered everything. All right. Uh, so I, I'm just going to say that if you haven't been to Farpoint, you need to go to Farpoint. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, so that that answers my final question, which was, are you guys going to go back? (laughs) I I am very much hoping to be invited to return because it was a wonderful experience. I I bet that you will be. Um, Sounds like you did an impressive job with with the panels that you did questions for and the panels that you were on. And I wish I could have seen them all. (laughs) Totally. I totally am going to go. Yeah, I feel bad. I didn't see any of your panels, Kelly. No, that's okay. Not well, like there wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> next year, next year, the two of you will have to get together and uh, meet in person, if not before then. And then you can sit on her panel and, and say that you did. <laughs> nice. All right. All righty. Okay. Well, so let's tell people how they can find us on social media. Um, and Kelly, since you are an author, if you want to tell us like your website or anything like that, that would be awesome. Sure. So, so um, I write sci-fi, fantasy, and critical essay, and you can find me on my website at kellyfitzpatrick.com, K-E-L-L-I, and you can find me on Twitter at Kelly Fitzwrites. Awesome. And Thad, what about you? Uh, well, uh I don't write, but I do have a Star Trek podcast uh, where I'm watching through Star Trek Voyager with a f- friend of mine. Uh, you can access that at uh, DeltaFlyerPod.com or on Twitter at DeltaFlyerPod. And you can find me personally on Twitter at Tyrannicus. And the nice thing about your podcast is that several of our STLV family and friends and our Trek Order family and friends are on your podcast from time <laughs> to time. So... Uh, definitely yeah. check it out. I am a listener and subscriber. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So Jeff, you're out there on the interweb somewhere, right? Yeah, somewhere, if you're looking hard enough. Yeah, I'm Warp Factor Jeff on Twitter. And you can also find me as one of the administrators, along with yourself and Jesse Akendo, of the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas Convention Facebook group. All right. We have that group full of amazing, wonderful people. Um, so come and join us there. The show is Shore Leave, and we are at Shore Leave on Twitter. The network is at Tricorder Show. I am LLA Posper, which is L L A P A W S P E R. And you can find us on Facebook, both under the Tricorder Transmissions, and we have a page for Shore Leave. And then you can find us at thetricordertransmissions.com. So with that, we will bid you adieu and see you back soon 
to talk about another convention, but we don't know which one yet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come up with something. You can edit that out, Jeff, because that sounds just terrible. (laughs) Um, But we have no idea what we're going to talk about next. I've got to come up with that. Oh, yes, actually, we do. We will be back next month to talk about WonderCon with our friends over at Reading Trek, Mr. William Conlon and Mr. Marty Ali. So we are excited to get to talk to our great friends, our fellow podcasters, about another convention we've never been to. So we will see you then. And until then, live long and prosper. Bye.